And we're live. And we're live. We're live. Coming from, live from the basement. This, live from the gutter. From the gutter. This podcast is brought to you by Lay's Stacks. Mm. ASMR's preferred chip. There's Birkin falling down the stairs in the background. Then Birkin specifically. Alright. Alright, so. Now, what we're doing here, this isn't this isn't planned. We're not there's no topics. This is us just going into it. We're going to we're going to forget that this is here. Correct. I I don't I don't know what you're talking about. No, no idea. Where do we leave off prior to prior to starting here? Prior to prior to doing this, which I don't know what I'm talking about. We were talking about um, how girls expectations of you in the, the dating game right now is to set your expectations and what you're looking for immediately from the get-go. What know? do you mean? I had one girl that I was sleeping with and she told me that she was a little offended that uh, if I took her out on a date first that I didn't immediately want a relationship and I couldn't, you know, change my mind and want just sex from her. Wait, repeat that? That because if I had taken her out on a date that I, my sole purpose would have to be I either was looking for a relationship oh, with her. Oh, okay. So like, if, yeah. So if you took her out on a date, it that, must that mean it must mean, mean that mean, I want yeah, a relationship. Okay, exactly. okay. Yeah. And I think that's a little ridiculous because I don't think that you should have to decide whether or not you're looking for a relationship, or if you know you're looking to just hook up. Because I think if you're always looking for a relationship, you're gonna get into a bad one because you're gonna settle, right? Well, and I think okay. the best things just happen when they happen and. You know, that almost take you by surprise. Well, I, all of that is true, but more importantly, it's like, it's like she. This is a stupid opinion of hers because, like, the reason why you would want to go on a date in the first place. I got to take this off because I can hear myself speak and it's throwing me off. Sure. The reason why you want to go on the date in the first place is like, it's good for her because it's like a filter for her too. It's like I her. Think, she yeah, has no, the lemon. She has the lemon crazy. laws, which is you do. Yeah. Exactly. You know, if you show up and like, like you have. Like there's something like visibly yeah, like wrong, like that's gonna turn I'm her smell off. Nasty, you you uh, smell yeah. like shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. or I could have just been lying. You can't stop you know, swearing. Like, you're like, just like a terrible person. It, for it happens like, that people straight up catfish people. Like they're different people. Yeah, hundred right? like, percent. So and also as a girl, you're a little. It's a little more scary for you to meet up with guys. Like she, she literally was like, yeah, Oh, I would rather you just message me and be like, let's fuck off the rip. And I was like, there's no one. Well, who, what girl is ever gonna be like? Yeah, agreed. Let's just fuck. yeah. It's you uh, know. She she doesn't know what she's talking about. I think I think she she probably has a lucky streak and hasn't realized the importance of of what you are doing when you set up well, that yeah. initial date, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, she's been with thirty five guys, so she wow. should, she should be able to. That's like a short bus, right? <laughs> That's no. a long bus. That's a long bus. No, no, think about it. So two and two on either side. We're <laughs> getting the eight rows back. Yeah. Uh, so that's four. Four times eight is thirty two. Yeah. Okay. So a little more than and the driver. Four times eight, eight. And so and eight and rows. How many? Road. How many? What's a short? What's a short bus? <laughs> I think eight rows. I think Do you know maybe, this? Maybe even less. <laughs> Have you been on a short bus in the past? Yeah, we used to take them to like sport tournaments. To so. school. Yes, <laughs> every day. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. But yeah, no, I, I just think that it just goes back to the idea that you should be able to not be outwardly looking for a relationship, but if you find the right girl, that's amazing, be like, all right, I want to date you, right? Because yeah. I always want to keep my availability open because you could walk into someone amazing and you know what, just want to turn her away and be like, oh, I'm not looking for a relationship right now, right? Well, I think it's one of those things where, and I, like I've never, 
really believed it, but I've heard of it a lot. It's like, oh, the moment you start looking for it, like if you were like desperately looking so for I'm a saying, relationship, yeah, you're never going to find one. Exactly. Well, maybe you will, but it's definitely not going to be one that's like worthwhile. Exactly. Uh, and I think a lot of people are realizing that as they come out of COVID and life's being opened up again, how many relationships I'm watching are dropping like flies because, yeah. you know, it was a relationship out of necessity and out of loneliness. Not not even necessity, just like lack of other things to do. And so like, yeah. it kind of just pushed more people in that direction. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was in a relationship that beginning COVID as well. And, you know, thank God it really helped me through the first lockdown because, you know, all we had was each other, right? Like in... I wasn't seeing anyone right. else or any of my other friends, and were you like feel so much? Well, you weren't more. like you weren't like barred in at all, like during the first lockdown. Were you like you like you like? Did you really care that much initially? To the did, point, yeah, I didn't. To the point where you were like, I'm not going to see friends. Yeah, I wasn't. I literally wasn't seeing any of my friends. I wasn't seeing my grandparents. You were one of the only people I was seeing, like outside of. And then once yeah. it opened up for the summer, we started hanging out with you know broken crew and such. And, yeah, you know. But yeah, and then when it, I finally ended that relationship, the next December, about a year later, I didn't see anyone for like you know months at a time. You mean last December? This past this past this, December. This previous December. Yeah. Why this previous December? Because we went back into lockdown. Yes, that was right when lockdown like really really started. That's when they were like martial law. We've fucking Can't our buddy. Have martial law. Yeah, but no, but our buddy got six thousand dollar ticket. Right. Yeah. Right. Noise complaint. Gets you a six thousand dollar ticket for seeing less more than five people. More than anyone, you're you weren't allowed to have one friend in your house. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I think I, I never explicitly turned down any like plans plans with friends. They just became a little shorter more and scarce. fewer apart. Yeah, more scarce, scarce, scarce. I actually got called out on that once. Really? Yeah, in my uh, in my public speaking class. Uh, so I go up, I do my speech. And I say scarce sorry, in speech. Sorry. We're going to have to cut this podcast because you're not set out for this clearly if you don't know the difference between scarce or scarce. And no, this is, a, this is a learning environment. We're going to learn together. Oh, okay. Yeah, 100 episodes in, fans are going to listen to episode one. Wow, that guy was such an idiot. Yeah. Look how far he's come, though. I agree. Yeah. Right, continue. Yeah, so, so <laughs> scarce, scarce. Uh, I say scarce in the, in the speech. Yeah. And I sit back down. And, of course, my, uh, my English PhD speech professor... Is like oh and by the way yeah, like we do like after the speech we, you'd sit down everybody would clap and then we do like a round of like feedback so we'd start with what was uh, what was good and then what was not so good and the class would be very encouraged to just kind of talk about what they thought right um, and then after that the professor would give his remarks and the professor gave his remarks and then said oh and it's scarce not scarce and I was so convinced that I legitimately said it's scarce. I'm pretty sure it's scarce <laughs> this guy's got a this guy's got a PhD in English, and I'm pretty sure his PhD was in uh, speech pathology. No, no, no. It was like the portrayal of indigenous peoples in in English film in like the mid nine in the sure, mid twentieth century. Are you sure it wasn't the scarcity of yeah. uh, English people in, in mid the nineteen twenties films? It's also scarcity, right? Yeah. You think it's like you think it's like flexible I once think, it becomes scarcity? Yeah. 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 scarcity? yeah. Well, we'll have to ask him. We'll ask the fans. Yeah. We'll, ask well I'll send. I'll send them the uh, the link. <laughs> we'll open it up to the fans. <laughs> Vote Please in the spell, comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the spelling is the exact same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, <laughs> bro. It's obviously C A R C. It's like data and data. Yeah, both tomato and tomato. Yeah. How do you pronounce data? I say data. I say data. I used to say data, and now I say data. I used to say GIF, and now I say GIF. I don't know what happened. I said GIF. Data with the peanut butter. But I, honestly, for some reason, I, sometimes I say data. I don't know. I found like I used a lot of data this month. 
Yeah, yeah. Data is like phones. phones. Data is like science. I agree. <laughs> I agree. That's the distinction, right? There. Yeah. Weird how that works. No, I like that. That's a that's a nice segue into our next topic. I think we can talk about uh, is uh, your most ridiculous and, and like best experiences from your, your university classes. Like classes, what, like yeah, lectures, anything in lecture, anything that happened that you know was a standout of something. Oh. You know, for example, I, I went to Ryerson, which was, you know, the uh, yeah, you, you social justice capital of, uh, of Canada. Yeah, some really good ones. Yeah, yeah. I took a sociology of sport class. And <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> the, the first lecture, uh, one of the, the profs was talking about, she was, a, she was a black woman, or African-American, or African-Canadian, or however you'd like to say it. Af- I think African-Canadian. Uh, sure, yeah. African-Canadian. POC. POC. She's a person. She's POC, yeah. yeah. And she first talked about how we have to tackle the issue of whiteness in the NFL. I was like, oh, you can't even use the term whiteness. completely obliterate? So, for what is remaining for those, or what For those who is. don't know, the National Football League is a 75% <laughs> African-American dominated league. <laughs> there are the few context. and far between. There's actually a, there's a statistic that a, no cornerback, there's just a position in football, since 2001. No starting quarterback on any team has been white. <laughs> no They've way. All been black. Yes. No way. It's crazy. Um, Is that like regulation or just... No, just it's just, like they're just better. I'm making a joke. Yeah. They're just better. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, you know, this, the, the prof goes on to say about how, you know, it's just the white owners that are playing the, paying the black players, uh, you know, and not paying them enough. I was like, I'm pretty sure no... Okay, hold on, hold on. Are we, are we back? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're live. Okay, we're back. Uh, sorry about that, guys. We are on part two now because I accidentally hit space, which paused, and we don't have a way to resume with QuickTime. So. This part two is brought to you by Lay Stacks. And brought to you by Hush Blankets. And brought to you by the Cash App. And brought to you by our new sponsor, M and M's. Yeah, <laughs> pretzel M and M's specifically. Sponsor me and come back to Canada, please. All right, um, what were we talking about? We were talking about my oh NFL just yeah. class. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I was saying I'm pretty sure that there's no NFL players except for maybe one lady on Bell who is out here complaining about the millions of dollars that the white man is paying them to throw the, a football around. It just was just mind-boggling to me, and so. Other topics in this class, I, you know, I had to write a paper about how uh, I think transgender people should be able to play whatever sport they claim ownership to. Um, it was basically a facetious paper that I wrote. In, incredible. There was also one about the, uh, the NBA. It was uh, Donald Sterling. He's the o- owner of the Los Angeles Clippers. Was, oh, yeah. He was caught yeah. on a hot mic, for those who There's don't There's an know. Eric Andre skit about it. That's yeah. the only reason I know. He was caught on a hot mic um, saying that he doesn't think that dogs should be welcome at his game um you know he was talking to his like girlfriend at the time uh he was referring to black people so oh, he shit. got canceled and but what was insane was the commissioner was adam silver who was a white man he came out and said we totally denounce this this is not you know uh what our league is about yeah he actually made a forced sale of a professional sports team it's the first time it ever happened it was unprecedented forced sale Forced sale for 2.2 billion dollars he forced him to sell it to someone else immediately like who that forced day. the commissioner forced the owner oh, to yeah, sell it gotcha so you know you'd think though that the league would say oh my god adam silver you know great like good job nope apparently adam silver was participating in post-racism 
and was buying into the white savior complex that uh, black people need a white hero to come save them. So he himself is racist. I was like, the guy who forced the, the sale. The guy who forced the sale and the commissioner that said that, you know, we totally don't accept this kind of behavior. Like, what could you... Out of what genuine like curiosity, do? it's like, what's, what, what is the solution then to these people, right? <laughs> there, was, there was no way, because he's white, he's racist. That was basically yeah. what I was being taught in class, in a yeah. university class. And You, you know, know, I had a funny thought today. Um, Horrible. You know, are you familiar with this, this new line of thinking? I don't know what the right term for it is, but critical race theory? Yes. Yeah. So that's like the academic like term for, for like we're just gonna bring racism into the classroom, to but like re- like the reverse asterisks around it or uh, parentheses around it. We are going to over quotes or quotes around we're it. We're gonna overcome the racist racism. Yeah, we're gonna right we're, now. yeah we're gonna balance it out, exactly. right? Yeah. Um, and I love I love that term critical race theory because that is such an academic's word of saying racism. <laughs> like it's a just just rearrange the words, okay? Critical race theory. Race criticism, you know, criticism of race. It's just it's just technical enough for most people to be like, oh, that's not just literally racism. Like, yeah, it's it's like you know, uh, Peterson talks about the the second that you put another word in front of a word that is pure in of itself. For example, justice, right? Yeah, you taint it. So, for example, social justice, which is the changing of regular justice, and the second that you do that, the whole system collapses, right? So the idea of counteracting that racism and with critical race theory is just, it just, man. So I, I watched a video recently of a, a man came out talking about how, you know, the black youth are never going to be taught um, about black history from white teachers right now. Uh, especially when white students are, you know, there in the class. So we should separate them yeah, into yeah. their own classes so that they can be taught black history. And I'm like, okay, that's segregation in schools. Okay. And that has been yeah. outlawed in Brown v. <laughs> Board of Education. Like, okay, well, just, that. like how like, we're, we're going backwards, yeah, right? Like, okay, but like that, but also like how street, like a compulsory course for black kids. No, like it that's, just that's should be crazy, included right? in history, right? And oh. they're saying that they feel misrepresented, yeah, I, misrepresented you, in yeah. the history books, which they honestly, they might be. And, yeah, and, I, I and think the curriculum cool. overhaul is more plausible than... Redoing it and reteaching it just to people yeah. of color. Like, there's no reason for us to rule out the validity of that. But like at the same time, it's it, here's the thing with all of these things. Like with all of these, like um, it's like a, a history course. It's like if you're like an education board, how how the fuck do you divvy up eight years of history classes? Like what hist- What's the important history? Yeah. What do we What do we keep in? What do we leave out? Especially right? as history continues to go on, like twenty twenty is going to be a, yeah. a, a all whole other unit this year. This, <laughs> this decade is uh, this decade is on track to be you know the fattest in the history. Oh, sick, man! Scary time. But no, it's life. just it's like you know in terms of education, you just talk about affirmative action, right? Like you, you then you go down the road. Yeah, affirmative action is a good example. Yeah, it, I think it's unjust, and you know I think that there are people and groups of people, specifically I know the Asian community. Um, gets sewered when it comes to admissions into law school or med school because they have to hit a certain quota and they only allow a certain number of them in. So these are students with higher GPA, higher test scores that are being turned away because of the color of their skin. And how, how can you not sit there and say that yeah. that is racist? And right? even, like, even forget about like the, like the, um, like maybe you might say selfish aspect of it that is like, or the equitable aspect of it. It's like, like literally the good of our nation, like the good of, of the Western world 
relies on putting the most competent people in positions that requires the most competency. Yeah. Right? Like, if I, 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 like I, I studied accounting, right? If I, if I am like, if, if I meet some kind of oppression criteria and I have a 65 average and the guy next to me doesn't meet any oppression criteria um, and has a 95 average. You'll be accepted into the postgrad. And I'm the one that's accepted into the postgrad. And then I'm the one that goes into, has a higher odds of, uh, of getting into, getting my letters and then, and then going on and uh, working in the corporate world, occupying a corporate position where like things actually matter. It's, I mean, not, yeah, it, it's well, not just me testing myself. It's like my, I have responsibilities that implicate other people. Exactly. Right. And, and it, you would have been better well suited. The other candidate would have been better well suited in the real well, world like, because he's okay. you know, more intelligent. Now, now replicate that a million times over. Yeah. A, a ten million times over, whatever, whatever, whatever scale you want to use here, right? Um, it's a, it's certainly a cause for concern. I think. Um, well, I think where do you, I think if you start in education, though, you don't draw the line in the corporate world, and, and we're seeing that right now in the corporate world, where people are being hired based on you know they're playing a minority guess who you know yeah. who, who can who can check more of the boxes of yeah. I, I'm more oppressed than the person next to me so thus yeah. I should be hired by you guys right so I have a friend who's like a senior manager in a finance position obviously I won't say where or who it is or whatever but shout out yeah <laughs> so he's responsible for allocating the bonus pool to his team yeah right no and HR goes to him and says like hey, it wasn't overt well it's not over it wasn't as overt as it could have been but what they did say was keep in mind biases and and like historical uh, <laughs> oppressive forces that are at play mm. when that's a nice you know, way that's a nice way when allocating the bonus pool among your employees right um, which again it could be a lot more overt but it's like my, I wonder now because they wouldn't just say that because they can also like HR is gonna have access to, to these amounts obviously. They're gonna they're gonna know what the allocations are. The thing is with this shit, it's always a slippery slope. It is. Obviously. It's always a slip. And man, I, I, re- I read a tweet the other day that just nailed it right on the head. There's this whole slippery slope idea that people don't see it or think it's a fallacy. The slippery slope fallacy is a fallacy in itself. The only people who don't believe it are people who don't have any real experience with like hum- other human beings and like in like let's say. Um, like a professional context or a context where somebody has the opportunity to screw you over or you. I'm so sorry. Uh, we're live again. This is part three. I accidentally hit the space bar sorry, again. I was trying, I was trying to hit the trackpad. So to all of our loyal fans, I really apologize, but we were talking about the slippery slope fallacy. I'm brought to you by Lace Life. Um, the slippery slope fallacy. The only, like the only people who don't believe in like the slippery slope, um, are people who don't have like experience with, like human nature, just like dealing with other people, because where people can take advantage of you, generally they will. And it ultimately depends on how disconnected they are from you, because that like kind of lightens their moral load. Like you're probably more likely to screw over a random person on the street rather than a close friend, a close friend or a family member, right? Um, and the slippery slope is so freaking real. Like just just look at COVID now. Um, like a, the things that we were joking about that were or, yeah thought crazy people thought you were crazy or passport. or even just like even just the things that like are taken as completely reasonable now if we were to take a step back like two years ago it's like oh that could never happen here I hate that line I hate that line that could never happen here 
Yeah, you I have mean, no fucking idea what okay. can happen here. We're, that, that is simultaneously our greatest privilege and our greatest weakness yeah, to be yeah. able to be able to say that can never happen here. Yeah. You, you do, you have not read enough books. You have not looked back far enough. Not even, not even that far. You just haven't looked back in depth and asked yourself the questions of how do these places get there? It's ignorance is bliss, right? And I, yeah. I know so many people that you know, for uh, uh, and for as long as it can be, but you know, reality sets in eventually, right? I know so many people whose parents grew up here, right? And when the government started taking away simple rights and you know precedent setting rights and you know you look at the Ontario government they would release a 28 page uh, document about what the new bylaw officer has have rights to do about how they can come into your house with no warrant and no whatever and it's the second you open the door they can barge in put your shoulder in the door and welcome themselves into your home was that a thing in Ontario it is it was it was so so concerning and you know I who have, I would like to say more knowledge of history than a lot of people started looking into this and saying, okay, this can be taken advantage of, and this is, like we said, a slippery slope, right? And I noticed that so many people that just were refusing to look into it, they're like, ah, it's fine, you know, like, they won't abuse their power. I'm like, it's not about if they won't, it's that they can, right? And that they legally can. And where I saw my friends, and specifically my friends' parents, who were the most scared of what we were becoming was all of my friends who had lived through, whose parents had lived through literally, communist just, regime. Yeah, right? literally, literally your Eastern European my friends. Eastern parents. European friends that had watched it happen and they're like, this is how it starts. Guys, wake up. Like, please, yeah. like, this is terrifying. They're like, we need to leave the country yeah. if this is going to continue on this way. Yeah, and it's it's very funny. Um, if, if you don't have any Eastern European friends, friends who are like Russian, Ukrainian, um, et cetera, Romanian, Romanian whatever, um, Literally, every one of their parents is like way more conservative than the uh, conservative than the let's say the the average that leans right a lot harder than uh, the average person. Aside from that, I just think like it, it was really interesting, and we've talked about this where it was okay in the past to just be non-political, right? To no, not anymore. No, it's not anymore. Yeah. Right, like this year and yeah. what has transpired has made it not okay to have polit- to not have political views, and because it's everyday life now. It's, it, it's everyday life. It permeates into every second of your being. So, um, yeah, I mean, there there was a point in time where you could say, "Oh, politics don't really affect me." Sure, right? You know, if it was like I don't know, two thousand and fucking two thousand and five, and we were arguing about the environment for like the first time ever or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, 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 times are good, whatever. It like, just it, seems that everything is so dire these days. Yeah. Like, you're, <laughs> either, like, you're, you're, you're literally dying on the hill of this or that. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked to you about this is, you know, in terms of what's going to lead to the most happiness. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me finish my thought finish there, right? Um, it's like, yeah, there are these, uh, like these things that we would argue about. And, and, but it was okay to say, you know, I don't let politics interfere with my life. It's like, that's not a thing anymore. Like, uh, I can, you know, up until what, four weeks ago, I hadn't been allowed to enter a bar to meet up with my friends in a social setting in public. Hugging my grandmother was yeah. illegal. Wait, that was, I couldn't do that for 16, 18 months, 16, 18 months, right? With the exception of like a little bit last summer, uh, outdoors, uh, a maximum of four Mask, feet, what six, is it? Six, six feet, feet apart. apart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's like, yeah, no, this shit is in your face at all times. You can't, you can't, you have you can't, to pick a side. You yeah. can't not pick. No, a side. You, but like the, the sm- like it smell, like the smell is there. You can't deny it. Or like the, it's like it's covering your eyes. It's like a lens. Like it's just there all the time, and you can't get rid of it. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say that. Yeah, so go in terms of just the severity and what some people take it, though, like I think that 
to live the happiest life, like you can't just be dying on either end of the hill. And I know some people who are completely conservative and have, you know, are big capitalists and have so much money in the bank, but are miserable and hate their wives and hate their lives. And, you know, I, I think if you lean so far right, you're going to be stuck and, and, and subdued to a life of, of misery. Or on the other hand, if you lean so far left that everything can be wrong. Like if there's just something wrong, something to always be fighting for on either side. If you come toward the middle at least, yes, you can lean one way or the other and have different differences of opinions on things. And I also, I completely destroy and demolish the fact that you either are right wing on everything or left wing on everything. Yeah, that's like for I sure. have yeah. liberal views and, and conservative views for on different things. And I think that they're allowed to vary. And I think that you really should start to make the differences based on a case-to-case basis. Nuance. Yeah, like I, and, I, and I love how because, for example, I was anti-lockdown at because I know the harms of what lockdown was doing to a lot of people and a lot of kids that immediately people assumed I'm anti-vaccine and I'm anti-mask and I'm all these yeah, things. It's yeah. like, whoa, 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 you're, you're taking these big leaps and assumptions. Yeah, same thing. Like I, uh, I have, uh, yeah, but I, like, yeah, you say like, oh, you know, like, don't live in terror. Just go outside. It's going to be okay. Like, try to live a normal life. And people are like, are you fucking crazy? You're fucking... Are you, insane? Insane? are you insane? Are you insane? It's like, what? You don't believe in vaccines? It's like, pump the brakes. What are you talking about? No, like, I, nobody nobody even brought that up. We are so far from that conversation, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. Oftentimes, you can judge a book by its cover, right? Like, if I go outside and I walk down the street, I actually saw this happening. I was literally walking down the street and saw this perfect example. There's a lady outside... Uh, two masks on. <laughs> it's like 30 degree weather. She's on a street corner. Yeah. She's got a she's got a sign that says like uh, like go vegan Inside. to save the planet or something. She's got buzzed hair, right? Well, she probably, again two masks. Probably, two masks. 30 degree weather. Sunny, she's, right? She's probably against abortion, right? She probably she's probably yeah. She's probably she's yeah. She's uh, yeah. She's big conservative, obviously. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's uh, maybe we just have to remind ourselves not to judge a book by its cover. Um, I think all I, the time. I, like I think that it's really funny. And I was actually discussing this with one of my friends yesterday that um, some people like to make it their personality. Yeah, you know their political views becomes oh, their personality, man. right? Like yeah, you hear people that, like that listen to five minutes of Ben Shapiro or five minutes of Jordan Peterson, and then all they do is regurgitate the things that you know these intellectuals have said because it either makes them sound smart or it yeah. thinks that they've given them some sort of substance to be able to make friends and, and connect with other people, right? Because that's all it really is. It's just connecting with other people and the people that you want to choose to hang out with. I mean, right? a lot of it. A lot of it is, I'm saying, a lot, extent, way, yeah, a lot of the way, a lot of the way that people are using. Yeah, to, know, to some extent, yeah. So, sure. um, I just think it's, it's incredible that you're letting them affect and, and just basically be your personality rather than taking these facts and forming your own opinions about them and then figuring out how you want to apply that to the rest of your life. Yeah. 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 I have, um, I have a lot of friends whose like identity is kind of wrapped around their, their like political stance. And I don't think that's inherently wrong. I think there's just, uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's a little different now. We li- we live in much yes. different times than we did two years ago. Like, so the I, and the reality is, don't, don't, don't knock that over. Yeah. Uh, the reality is, is that, the nature of the fucking world that we live in right now, it's uh, its just radicalized everyone a little bit. It's like if you are a moderate right, you're probably a little more right now. If you're if you a moderate left, you're probably more left now. But at least I will say this. Um, 
and maybe this is my bias, just being someone who leans sort of right, but all the people on the left that have gone more left don't realize they've gone more left. They just they, they like just, they they they, 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 they really believe that like it's it's just like it's just like it's just common way. sense or, or behavior. And then again, I, you could you could you could have the mirror image of me on the opposite end of the spectrum saying the same thing about me and people may, who maybe think that they're center right are all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. It's all <laughs> yeah. It's ultimately in the eye of the beholder. Not ultimately, but you know, um, that's ultimately how people will see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I just that, I think I think I think with specifically with COVID, it's like people that are more right leaning are ultimately just more principled. Where it's like yeah. like we a lot of people died, a lot of sacrifice was made to stop people in almost like at this point like self appointed power yeah. from literally denying you basic, basic rights. And rights. I won't even say basic rights because it's like what does that mean? But um, like rights that have allowed us to prosper the way we have uh, over the past couple generations. The right to work. The right to yeah, the right to, the right to make a reasonable living is like the, probably the big one, right? Or like the right to like reasonable privacy. Um, so like conservative just means like, I think it's just like a better understanding of like principles. Yeah. For some people, some people think it, except some people are just like, oh fuck it, but they, they don't like realize like the, un the underlying sort of like bedrock Understanding of why of why a lot of people think that way um, again because I think people don't think about it as a slippery slope they just think about it, oh I can sacrifice this right like I can wear a mask indoors when the government tells me to and they think it's just this and then you're like okay well this is now the precedent setting for if they're allowed to tell you and force you to do this they can basically allow to tell you to bend over and uh, you know outside well, every like, day and they'll come and fuck you right? well, the, like, thing, the thing is it's like okay well we've never worn masks before so now it's just one mask. Forever? Nice how, but how long? How long? They tried to push two masks, and the reaction was so like vitriolic that they pushed that they that they uh, fell back on it. Sorry. Good word. Yeah. Do you remember that though, right? When the C when uh, Fauci came out and started coming out, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about the specifics of this shit. I like talking about it from like a bird's eye level. Like I don't even want to say a doctor's name or talk about like specific events. Yeah. But like, the principle is like, like the line in the fucking sand here is so vague. Like, like nobody yeah, the knows. The second that someone proposes something, it's like, all right, that's the line. You're, the or the like, public is just yeah, like, I'm drawing it. Yeah, or just how, like, when do you, when do we lift these things? Yeah. When does it go back to normal? Well, well, no, so I think Alberta has taken a great stance on this. You know, they, they, they firstly, Alberta is the only place in North America, which is actually pretty ridiculous, that if you test positive for COVID, you don't have to self-isolate for 14 days. <laughs> you don't have to quarantine, which is... Absolutely outrageous if you're actually trying to stop the spread of COVID, they should stop that. But, you know, people were asking the upper government why they got rid of the mask mandate, why they, you know, do this. And, you know, the, the leader came out and said, um, we have other health risks uh, outside of COVID, like physical health risks and mental health risks that need to be addressed. And we are no longer out here just trying to stop COVID and are not going to live our lives until COVID is done. We are going to find a way to live with COVID. And I think that that's the way that the approach that you need to be taking because you look yeah. at the flu, right? Like the flu, when this is a flu, was never outlawed, right? There's now flu shots and that happens annually. People, you know, die from the flu every year. Yeah. It's a small number of people. Here's it, here's but it. we've never shut down economies. We've never turned off all mental health aspects for kids and sports and schools. Yeah, and just all like social life. Yeah. Um, so here's another great line for you. It's like when COVID hit, uh, public health turned from um, like like stopping like stopping like unnecessary suffering to 
stopping COVID. Meaning like like not considering Other, literally not considered anything else. else, which was like, like become becomes becomes less and less reasonable as time goes on for a couple different reasons, right? Um, obviously, the first one being that initially it was like fear of the unknown. Like there were literally videos coming out of China of like bodies yeah. in the street, <laughs> bodies <laughs> in looked, the streets, terrifying Bo- bodies in the streets. For, for those who don't know, if you were listening, uh, Mateo over here took a, a very cautious approach at the beginning. He yeah. locked himself in his home and went grocery shopping with six masks on and got about what, a thousand cans worth of beans and he was he was ready for the for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I but, was. Uh, but which is fair though because as he said, it's the fear of the unknown. Right? We didn't we didn't know anything. We didn't. Yeah, and, and what I did know was exactly what I mentioned that fucking anarchy and like seeing oh, it slowly spread with the slowly spread across the world. Very cryptic messaging. Lots of confusion. Um, you know, I was actually supposed to go to Northern Italy the week that Northern Italy shut down because it became a hot spot out of nowhere and they just got fucked, fucked right? They just got fucked. Um, so it was like, oh my God, this is like serious. And, you know, I, I was reading about this quite a bit more than I think anybody, quite literally anyone that I knew at that time, aside from like, literally aside from like a guy that I sat next to at the job that I had at that time but even he didn't know too too much like I don't think he understood the implications of what was about to happen I was seeing this I was like if this is what they're saying it is like I'm not going to be able to go grocery shopping in three months six months and like it it was crazy seeing that like a week or two earlier than everybody else because it's like yo we're not going to be in the office anymore like we're going to have to have this conversation like there was like it was literally anxiety zoom wasn't like a thing right like zoom came out none of this shit was dude there's there's a whole like vocabulary like a like a like a dlc of the english language like a like a little add-on of words that we that we've got now quarantine lockdown uh i don't know covid right um Social distancing. Yeah. What the fuck is social distancing? Remember physical distancing? It is physical distancing. <laughs> social distancing is let me distance myself from you and not talk to yeah. you. So I don't want to give you a phone call because I'm out here socially distancing. Yeah. What the fuck out. Like, yeah. I just, for me, it was like the narrative that the government pushed, which was like, everyone is a threat. Like literally, you don't know, your neighborhood well, crosswalk guy could be a virus bomb and you need to stay the fuck away from him and well, don't smile at him and don't look at him and it was just guilty man. guilty until proven innocent yeah apparently that was it is that everyone it's still that way everyone, right? ha- everyone has covid it's still that way with the screening right um yeah right uh yeah to go that's the whole vaccine passport thing right it's guilty until proven innocent it's like you are not allowed here until we know for sure that you don't have fucking COVID, Correct. right? That's all. That's what screening is. Well, look, it's like the idea of being preventative is one thing, but the idea of like if you're saying instead of figuring out if you don't have COVID, you just need to walk down and stay at home and do nothing. And I think it was really interesting to see how some people reacted really well to that. You know, you would say introverts, right? People who are more introverted were totally okay with lockdown because they just got to spend more time with themselves and they're totally all right. But for people who I would like to consider myself and you that were more extroverted people, it was fucking hard and it was just it just was not what we were used to and was yeah it just felt it felt wrong and you know I, I told you it felt the most wrong when I, I for a year I didn't see my grandparents and I finally that's I, wild I had dinner with them and I hugged my grandmother when she had a mask on still like we she yeah. wasn't comfortable taking her mask off and 
I had this hug with her and I was just overwhelmed with emotion and like chills across my whole body. And yeah. I realized that like doing this was illegal. And that's the second I realized I was like, all of these laws are horseshit. <laughs> this, this cannot be illegal. I this feels so good and is so pure and is so real that it, it literally, it, it can't be wrong. It can't be. And I love that. Yeah, it was, it was an eye-opening experience for me. And yeah, I just, the other thing is, you know, we talked about how parents like i'm so grateful that it happened to us at this age at like 24 because imagine if we were parents right now and i read horror stories of mothers you know saying that my kids came up to me and and told me i have no spirit left right it's like you took away their sports how old does a kid have to be to say spirit like i have no spirit (laughs) well no that that, no but like Like 10 like can a 10 year old like i think so maybe 13 like was i smart enough to to say i mean you weren't in a sentence like you weren't I probably was. Here's the thing. I don't recall, like, how intelligent I was at any particular age. Like, when I like when I see my little cousins who, like, I, like, are... You compare yourself to them. Who are, like, who are, like, nine and, like, 13. It's, like... Like, I, like, I don't, like, I don't know <laughs> was how... Was I that dumb? No, 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 no. I just don't know how much smarter a nine-year-old is than a five-year-old. To, like, I, I really don't know. Well, <laughs> like, so, does, what, like, so okay, the, does the nine-year-old six. know long division? So no, right? At age, Maybe? age six is a psychologically generally accepted age where people start to develop their prefrontal cortex and their hippocampus and it's really when you start to garner one sense of self you start to have likes and age six age six so before age six yeah you're really you're really malleable like you basically like just say yes to everything or you know no to like you're you really don't have that much of a personality until age six after age six you really honestly i felt that way until like 18 or 17 (laughs) that's because you were a club yeah no legit because i had no like literally no life yeah you went to an all-boys school and uh well, no, it's not that I went to an all-boys course. I said I was kind of like on autopilot. Like, I didn't have any reason to, like, think critically for, like, a lot of my yeah. upbringing. Well, well I, I definitely had spouts, like, especially, like, in my childhood. Yeah. Um, or, or, like, sports, rather, not spouts. Yeah, sports. Um, uh, but, yeah, even, even, like, high school. Like, I just, just think it's because you lacked sports. Like, I, I think that. Yeah, definitely. I love that definitely. sports was such a big part of my upbringing because it, it teaches you so much more than, you know, what the sport is right dedication hard work teamwork all these things that are so important for a child who's developing to have and that's why it was so heartbreaking to watch all these kids just not have a year and a half of sports right and see everyone get fatter and more out of shape and just you know less desire to play sports if you're a nine-year-old and you were just getting into soccer and then they cut out soccer for a year and you were at home playing video games all year you're now a video game guy rather than you are a soccer kid right i wonder how many lives they completely just derailed and push towards electronics. It's terrifying. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, it's definitely like, it's definitely, uh, maybe I'm wrong on this, but my, my, what I've been thinking is like, COVID is worse for you physically, the older you are, but like spiritually, the younger you are. Oh, for sure. Like if you're for like, sure. that's, that, that bars right there, I like that line, I'm gonna tweet that out later. Too. Um, it's definitely worse for you spiritually the younger you are because you know like this isn't what normal life is supposed to be but and I, like I normal life is obviously very subjective like um but this this time. idea of like um i don't know like vilify just immediately vilifying like other like citizens yeah. to the extent that we do now yeah. or not vilifying but like being like cautious or like neurotic just like general neuroticism right like we're just injecting neuroticism into people with this shit 
Um, I just think there's so much absolutes, right? Like, there's just, just you're a bad person if you do this, right? Like, rather than, yeah. you know, you have no idea what doing that one simple thing, like, say, dancing in the middle of the street, yeah. right, could be doing to save someone's mental health. They could be on the brink of killing themselves like, right there, yeah. right? And I think back to, like, you know, domestic abuse has gone up so much higher. Uh, families that live in a one studio apartment with five people yeah. toppling over themselves, right? And their one escape was their dance class after school, right? Like that's gone, right? That was stripped away. And it, it, these things that or just the variety of things together. that you might do outside of your home, yeah, <laughs> and, like the collective do, that, sum that you could do, right? Like just yeah. anything, anything to get out of your house or get out of the, the, the situation that yeah. to get out of you know normal life, right? And yeah. I think it's really interesting that. A lot of people that were totally okay with COVID and, and, and just kind of put their head down and was just like, fuck it, this is just the way it is and I'm going to have to survive in this. There's no point in fighting. I saw so much lack of fight in everyone and it was, for me, it was like the, I think it's just a lack of self-awareness where I know exactly why I was feeling down and I was feeling, you know, we'll use the term depressed, right? Um, really, it was just sad. It was when you can pinpoint what is making you sad but the Ontario government isn't letting you change that, you know, your circumstances or let you do the things you need to do to be happy. Okay. That's a really hard spot to be in. And I think a lot of people just didn't pinpoint what it was or, you know, they're like, oh, I'm just kind of feeling like shit today. I'm like, okay, I can tell you exactly why I'm feeling like shit because I haven't been able to see my grandmother because I haven't, you know, played sports or whatever. The gyms have been closed. Like, blah, 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 all these things that add up. Yeah. Right. And uh, I, I told, I'm going yeah. to talk about a, a coining a tweet was I'm going to tweet. If you weren't depressed, during lockdown, you're fucking weird. Like you should have been depressed. If if you are just totally okay with yeah, not seeing anyone, just kind of like castrated for the, for, and yeah. it still is to an extent, right? It's yeah. better now. Thank God. Yeah, mar- definitely. Like yeah, significantly. Significantly. I was gonna say marginally. It's not but I think I think significantly is, is a better word for it. Um, yeah. Remember that first night back, that first restaurant back. That was a oof. Where? Great. I went with uh, my friend Kim. We went to the Italian place. We sat on the patio outside. Just the vibe. Last year? No, like this, this past end of lockdown. Sitting inside? We sat outside, but they were allowed inside. Yeah. We just sat outside. Well, I mean, you could, you could eat outside last year, right? Not through lockdown. Like the past, no, so it could, could you do it in summer? Winter. Could you do yeah, it in, in the summer? In the summer, you could have, but through winter. That's what I'm, I'm pretty sure it went into winter. It depended on the region you were in. Because they had like the, yeah, the different Toronto had color the shades, yeah. Oh, the, the colors of <laughs> lockdown. Yeah, we're in orange zone. Oh, Thorny, we're in a gray zone. <sighs> it's crazy. Yeah, uh, I know a guy who's getting married, and you are not allowed to attend the wedding if you don't, if you aren't, yeah, if, you are, if you aren't, if you aren't double vaxxed. And I know that he has um, a family member. I know that he has a family member um, that isn't vaxxed, and they're not letting a family member attend the wedding. Dude, worse than that is you weren't allowed Imagine to barring your family members. You weren't allowed to attend funerals less than like four people. Yeah. Could you imagine yeah. if you had way a worse. very close family member dying and you know, a son or a daughter <sighs> wouldn't be able to go? I get, I get anxious thinking about it's it. It's horrible. Like it's, and uh, it's just, obviously this year has been really tough on everyone as a whole and it's been harder on some than others and I just think it's so interesting to see the degrees of difficulty that everyone has been going through and yeah just how fascinating some people that are handling it well and that honestly I've seen have gone through trauma or gone through shit in their life prior that makes it more 
okay to you know a little bit a little bit more gratitude of, for their situation. But a lot of people, this is their first time going through difficult things in their life, right? And adversity that they had never faced up until this point. Yeah, like yeah, it depends on the person. Um, like, like adversity for like someone who's working a white collar job didn't lose a dollar, but like lost some social circumstances, but also like willingly complied and was like, I'm a hero for staying at home. Like, you know, the, per- like the, just like the perfect a one, like, yeah. you know, COVID COVID freak. Right. Um, like, like a lot of their adversity is like in their fucking head. Yeah. Like, but and a lot of people's adversity is in their head, even like the, the righteous adversity, but like, just like so, it's, it's like self imposed harm with no gain for real but and that's that's the idea of like mental health and the idea of your brain just playing tricks on you and and getting you into that spiral of isolation right like i talk about this heath ledger batman you know uh, joker joker right he isolated himself socially from the entire world for three months he gave himself mental health problems and killed himself right social isolation is not good for people it just people we're not built to do it humans are social creatures we need to be with each other and that idea of so what i was saying was that um even the personal struggles that i went through i knew that there were people out there that were struggling way more than i i was right like that i should have been so grateful for the situation just the, that I just was the in, simple right? luxuries like, you, you had, yeah. yeah. And but it was with that concept of like gratitude, where I knew I should have been grateful, but I just I didn't feel it, and then that made me feel worse. I was like, what kind of piece of shit am I that I can't handle not seeing my friends or not seeing everyone seems to be doing it, you know, and doing fine. Why am I just some asshole that can't? Yeah, you know, it, it's right? actually it's I can't actually, make the sacrifice for the greater good of you yeah. know saving lives. You know, there's a there's definitely a lot there's definitely a thing like among people who are like more. Like, like let's say a higher socioeconomic status that have that game of like oh I'm sacrificing it but it's easy for me and I'm doing it for the people who like don't have this like luxury to make themselves like feel better I that was a big chug of that water it was that was powerful Thirsty. Yeah, me too um, yeah, a bit. yeah we very much so sidetracked but it was good we, we were going to talk about this at one point Let's go back to I had one other one I wanted to say about yeah. my favorite classes in university. Oh man, let me think of mine real quick. Um, you know what? You go ahead. I can't think of any that, right, are, you, that are good enough for a story. You think about it. I had one. Uh, I took a philosophy of uh, love and sex course. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no thinking involved. There's no. no there's no need for a philosophy course on either of those topics. You well, just feel. Well, philosophy of love and sex. You know, we talked about. It. One of the first classes, I think I went to the first lecture and then never a lecture ever again. Actually, yeah. I wrote one of the best papers I've ever written in my, in my yeah, life. Yeah, because it just class. comes naturally. You don't need to attend Apparently. a class for that. But it was Philosophy about, of love. It was what does about, that mean? No, so I'll tell you. So it was about perversion, right? So we talked about uh, mm. fetishes and, and you know bestiality and, and um, being into children and, and babies. and Yeah. So we, we looked at a guy's name was Thomas Nagel, and he was talking about how it either had to be... Um, Things are either perverse or non-perverse, right? Which means sex with an inanimate object was perverse, but so is having sex with babies, right? And so my paper was about how there needs to be considered a spectrum here in terms of degrees of evilness, right? Of right. one is much more perverse than the other, right? But one of the first uh, lectures, my prof asked, he goes, who here has either a friend or themselves that has a foot fetish? And my oh, hand yeah. shot right okay. up. <laughs> 
my hand shot right up for my friend who I'll shot remain nameless. Uh, and uh, my other buddies that knew that person had a good laugh, and it was a uh, it was a uh, it, it was just a big moment in, yeah. in my university history that I that funny. take to this day. Yeah, that's uh, pretty funny. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Public speaking was was good. Whatever. Uh, who else? What what other cool classes did I take that were had funny stuff? I I had did this uh, this bird course. Uh, were you concussed for that bird course? <laughs> no, that was before I knew about that thing. <laughs> um, what was it freaking called? Sociology of like digital art or something like that. Oof. Just yeah, a real intersectionality right there for sure. Um, something like that. But so I I wasn't doing super well in the class, and then the prof provided like a bonus. Uh, project that we could do that you wouldn't lose any marks for not doing but it was an opportunity for you to gain marks fuck yeah and you had to uh, make a music video and like but like with your like you had to basically make a song okay so like they like provided music for you but I was like nah nah nah, nah make music right, right, right. me and my buddies made like a rap video uh, <laughs> in an afternoon I need to see this rap have I not shown you our viewers need to see I have see it on YouTube it's, it's a private link oh, I'll, I'll show you after. it's very cringe fans uh, fans I'll send it out I'm probably like 30 pounds it. lighter in that uh, <laughs> you're a twig five years younger maybe yeah about five it's been five no years beard? oh before I could even grow a beard yeah. or even like a like a like a like a little goatee. That's awesome. Um, what, other, what other cool classes were there? I, was oh, I, took, a, I took an astronomy course, yeah. uh, which was an awesome course. I went to, again, like one, one lecture. Um, but it was, our prof went on about a 20-minute rant about astrology, about how if you believe in astrology and this pseudoscience, you're just an absolute fucking moron. And if you think that anything to do with your personality Such a fucking has, any, has anything to do with you know where the stars were when you were born uh, you should leave my class right now and yeah. you know a girl who uh, I would like to say hits perfectly into the stereotypes of uh, a horoscope girl and uh, I say it with a W with a W <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was a big horoscope um, girl girl she uh, she stood up and she asked our prof, you know, when she what sign was he? And he goes, I don't know. I was born in you know August. And she just goes, typical like Taurus, and just the class erupted in laughter. I'm pretty sure Taurus is like what? Dude, don't even. Get, I don't even. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I don't even want to know. Right? <laughs> well, we, you should we, know, but we but you we don't know. even know his birth, his his sun and his moon and his you know. His yeah, we didn't know where he was born, what year what he time was born. Day. Yeah, yeah, whether or not he came out feet first or head first. Whether or not it was raining, you know, all the yeah. important things about how he is now is due to those things, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you know that Scorpios are okay with so being by themselves, <laughs> yeah. but also sometimes like hanging out with people? Did you know that? Yo, that perfectly describes <laughs> That's me. That's so you, right? Wow. Man, how do they come up with those? That's know. fascinating. Who do they, how do they consult? Like, Dude, they talk stars? That's just Scorpios. That's just how they be... They do be like that. Okay, but doesn't it intrigue you a little bit that like, like, like very prominent psychoanalysts, like used astronomy, okay, no, not astrology, astrology, yeah, to no. to map out their clients like um, no, because it's, it, it's literally a capitalist like pyramid scheme. Like it's just literally all all to do with money and and it has. There's well, no you gotta you gotta read a right? book on it first, or like do some research so on it first. I'll tell you, the astronomy course gave me a lot of knowledge. And, and Le- okay, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, there could be that side to it, but that doesn't mean it's the entire thing. 
well, there's the, you're talking about the, the actual astronomical side that is the, the fact that no, the stars no, no, no. have changed distances and are literally different than where they were 20 years ago. Yeah, right? I'm like, saying specifically the idea that like the, like that, what you just mentioned, um, could somehow be linked to your either your personality or like your archetype. Yeah. Like your like like the things you have to overcome in your life, the person you must meta- metaphorically kill to become or something like so, that, right? I love the way that you said that because I think my major issue and my major gripe with horoscopes is that there's no room to grow, right? And people just... Why not? Because people take it as if this is the way that I am and I, if this is just the way I am because I am and I'm not changing that. I, you know, well, no, I have a friend that like, uh, like the, but I didn't even ask. They brought it up. Uh, pronouns they them of course they brought it up right away and they said the whole point is like you want to be like that's that's the purpose right it's like you want to be able to overcome those things that I've are, never heard any any horoscope no, ever so talk about I'll, I'll, that I'll, okay, in okay it, so, right? like, so, so you, uh, I commend that person for saying that so Peterson loves the, his his like OG like uh, Carl Jung who was the guy who, yeah who would um, analyze these people and use their literal star signs and like map out the planets and Whatever, it sounds super. I sound stoned when I say, when I start talking about this stuff. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, and, and use that to like map out like what their issues in life are. Not yeah, using the right terminology for it. I get what you're gravity. Saying. The, the you, things you get, that you're yeah. predisposed to be and that you will need to work on to overcome. Yes. If yeah. you want to look at it that way, I think that's beautiful. But my major issue is like you know you hear girls like ah oh, I'm just that way because I'm such a fucking yeah yeah, yeah yeah. It's it's like, a, it's no, like, you're not. You're just a, you're just a bitch and you're <laughs> using this as an excuse to not grow because I think that. People are obviously I believe much more in nurture than I do. Nature. It's almost like they treat it like a diagnosis. They treat it as a yeah. diagnosis and yeah. not something that they can, or not even a diagnosis, an untreatable diagnosis. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and that this is there's no room for personal growth. So I think that we're all just a collection of our traumas and our things that we've gone through in life and lessons that we've learned along the way, right? You get older, you get wiser, you start to change the way that you are, right? If you're a certain way and, you know, people don't read, read well to that and you lose friends because of that, you'd be like, all right, let me look inward, what the hell was I doing? You know, you'll be like, okay, if I want friends, I got to change what I'm doing, right? Toads, toads. That's the way that, you know, you start to just become better versions of yourself. So the idea of being a horoscope is like, I just am the way I am because the star, fucking star was here yeah, and I was born yeah. in October. I just, I'm just a bitch because of that. You're a horrible person. I never want to hang out with you because you have no room for growth, right? You hear that, ladies? Yeah. If you're a horoscope girl, you hear that, ladies? Big red flag. Big red yeah, flag. Yeah, big, big red flag, generally yeah. speaking, I think. Keep that shit to yourself. If you're ever on a first date, girls, and you ask a guy when, what time he was born, he will literally, there will not be a second date. I promise you that. Yeah, that's a fact. Or it should be a fact. Um... Yeah, that's where it goes. Where it goes, pretty lame. They are pretty lame. At least in their current uh, current stage. Yeah. <sighs> All right, everyone. Thank you very much for uh, for tuning in to the first episode of our podcast, which we do not have a name for yet. Stick around. It only gets better from here. <laughs>